Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast. I am your co-host, Will, and I'm with Eric. Your other co-host. My other co-host, Eric. Sorry. I thought you were a producer or... Co-host, co-founder. Co-founder. Editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief. Create... Creative director. CCO, chief creative officer. Yeah. Chief risk officer. CRO. Chief lending officer. Chief executive officer. What do you lend? I'm on the board of directors. You're on the board? I lend my thoughts. I'm not on the board. I should be on the board. Yeah, I, only, I have the only vote. <laughs> There's only one vote? Board. <laughs> when are we going public? We're never. Okay. Yeah. Well, I... I don't right. believe in going public. <laughs> I believe in going public. Do I have a say in this? No, I said I have the only vote. <laughs> Alright, well, anyways, I guess we're just gonna... <laughs> we're gonna move on, then. <laughs> first episode of season three season three is of what eric graphic novels graphic novels yeah not graphic subject matter well a little bit of that a little bit of that Ah, we'll get into it later well you know i've been here for a little while so this is april 3rd of 2017 this is the recording date which also happens to be major league baseball's opening day did you know that eric no. Are, you, are you a fan of baseball or never, the major league watched a baseball organization? Uh, pitch or you've uh, never? Oh, didn't you used to play baseball Brian in high school? Or no, I don't know what you're talking. About. <laughs> Eric used to be first team all state back in the McLean High School days. Well, I'm, I'm still technically first team all state. They don't take that away from you. They don't take it away, even though you've gained a bunch of weight didn't you, and lost a bunch of athleticism. Didn't they find that you were using performance enhancing drugs they didn't back find, in those days? They didn't find anything. They, oh, those, those were just tests reports. Were, those tests were inconclusive. Okay, well. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to do a little plug here. If you like us, if you like us, well, if you like us and if you like us and you like baseball, go out to our blog, littolensblog.wordpress.com to check out Eric's new article, 10 Baseball Books and Movies You Need to Read and Watch. It's pretty good. Yeah. I've only watched a couple of them and I haven't read any of them, but I will be sure to do that. Yeah. Do read and, and watch. That's the other verb I was looking for. Watch. Yeah. Watch. They're cool. You like baseball, you yeah. Know. If you don't like baseball, you can watch them too. Yeah, exactly. If you don't like baseball, you should probably. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, not related to baseball, but came out this weekend. The film Ghost in the Shell. Isn't it kind of related to baseball though? No, no. I don't. I'm yeah. thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not related to baseball. Ghost in the Shell, directed by Rupert Sanders, um, who's uh, directed Snow White and the Huntsman. Uh, this film stars Scarlett Johansson, Michael Pitt, Juliette Binoche, uh, based on the eponymous graphic novel by Masamune Shiro. Uh, the budget was $110 million. The box office, as of this past weekend, which came out on Friday, is $18.6 million domestic, $40.1 million foreign. Uh, the tomato meter is 44%, and the meta score is 53 So It ain't good. It ain't good. It ain't good so far. But it's made a lot of money foreign. And foreign it, it hasn't, actually hasn't opened in Japan or China yet. Oh, it has not? Okay, good, so, good to that. I feel like that's going to be where the money is made. Yeah. It's obviously not doing very well domestically. And we might get in into US. the reasons why. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Anyways, 
Um, so this week we have another quiz for Eric. Uh, we're just going to do one quiz because I think this question is good enough. Um, I don't think Eric knows the answer, but we're going to find out. Okay, so director Rupert Sanders, like I mentioned earlier, was formerly married to model Liberty Ross, but divorced in 2014 due to Sanders' infidelity. With which American actress did... Eric's already nodding. Yeah. God. Okay, so with which American actress did Sanders have an affair with? And I will give a a clue for the audience since you already know what it is. Sure, sure, sure. She was in Snow White and the Huntsman, and yeah, I'll just say that. So obviously you know. And Adventureland. And Twilight. Twilight. Twilight colon New Moon. She was with Robert Pattinson for a little while. Twilight. She's in Personal Shopper coming up. What's the fourth Twilight? Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. Part one and two. There you go. Yeah, okay. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Well. Shout out Kristen Stewart. Shout out Kristen Stewart. Fan of the podcast. Kristen (laughs) Kristen Stewart. Fan of books and their film adaptations. Of course. Hence the Twilight, you know? I mean, we should have done Twilight for our young adult. Well, there's still time. There's still time we can go back. Yeah. We'll we'll send her an email. We can do that as a season. (laughs) We actually probably could. Books are in We're not going to do that. What? Okay. Oh, well. Anyways, that was a quiz. So what's happening this season? Short-lived quiz. Graphic novels. Um, So we're doing Ghost in the Shell now, obviously. And we're going to move on later to Watchmen. Watchmen. Uh, Don't believe me. Just Watchmen. Oh, oh, I like that. But who watches the Watchmen? Nobody. Oh my god. That's what you'll learn that when you read the book. <laughs> then after Watchmen, we're doing V for uh, Vendetta. What is the uh, what is the quote of that one? Oh, you've never seen it, right? Nope. Um, give me a second here. It's uh, it'll come to me later. Yeah. It's like when a famous when you quote. Watch it, maybe. It's a it's a date. It's like November fifth, November fifth, something something. I can't remember. I'm gonna cut all this out. So it's gonna all be right, fine. Cool. And then we're gonna have a special episode which we will reveal later on. Um, but let's go ahead and let's jump into the subject matter and the genre of graphic novels and um, kind of why they've become so popular nowadays um, and why we decided to tackle it as a subject matter here in our third season at Live to Lens. So, Eric, question. Well, what is a graphic novel? Answer. Well, a graphic novel is essentially... I mean, it's a, it's a form of comics, mm-hmm. right? So there are, when you think of the, like, comic books, you think of a serialized, I don't want to call them cartoons, but they're, like, draw, the drawings, right? Animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a graphic novel is just essentially, like, a longer comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, like, Watchmen that, w- like, have taken serialized comics and just, like, grappled them together into one larger novel form. Mm-hmm. And then there are some, like, Ghost in the Shell, which are just longer works of comic fiction. Mm-hmm. So they're very similar to comic books, they're just longer form yeah, in their storytelling. Yeah. Um, Pretty easy stuff. Mm-hmm. So what makes it, what makes a, aside from comic books, what makes a graphic novel different than a literary novel? Well, what I think when I read a graphic novel versus like just a regular old novel by friend of the podcast, Ernest Hemingway. Um, mm-hmm. Also Michael Punky, don't forget. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> um, a graphic novel is in many ways, like to me, it's directed because it's it's written, but it's also drawn. Mm-hmm. So in I think gra- in Ghost in the Shell, it's written and drawn by the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, in other, in Watchmen, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Watchmen. No. I already read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's written by somebody and drawn by somebody else. But oh, it is, okay. When you... 
like when you read it, it's it's almost directed for you. You see the action as it unfolds. You see like the different perspectives. So what you notice in like Ghost in the Shell, they have like an establishing shot, right, of like a town or of a road or a street, and then they'll slowly like bring you deeper into the action. You'll see like a door, and then you'll see people talking, and you'll get like voiceover narration through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a little bit different about, in addition to that, what's a little bit different about graphic novel is that a lot of the dialogue, or there, there's less like scene description. It's all dialogue. Mm-hmm. So if you'll you'll like find different ways that writers and artists add in, like I was saying to you off camera, we're not on camera, off mics, off mic, um, like expositional stuff, like to explain the world. Mm -hmm. You'll see that added in different ways in different graphic novels. So Mm -hmm. in Ghost in the Shell specifically, they just kind of talk it out. Mm -hmm. It's like, like page 205, if you're reading along, um, (laughs) they have this conversation about like an explosion and the leader of this division that we'll get into asks Major, who is the ghost in the shell, about like who she thinks did it. And she basically like says, oh, it's this guy who is like the terrorist that we never quite got. Mm-hmm. And like something that he knows, right, but something that the audience doesn't know. So they're kind of like talking to the audience um, while they're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So you're like explaining to the audience while appearing stupid to the other characters right. in their world. So you're basically giving the audience some context that the characters in the novel don't really need. And if this were in real life, they would never really say that. Yeah, because... but you're just trying to convey information. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a play in that way. So okay. in a play, you don't get... Like, in a novel, you get the interior mind of your character because mm-hmm. you can you can like have that space. But you don't get that space in a graphic novel, so you kind of just have to like talk out what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And you do that in a play, too. Right. For me, yeah, this is the first graphic novel I've ever read. Um, and I'm familiar with comic books and stuff, but this is a little different. And to me, it's like you, we were talking yesterday, it's very cinematic. Yeah. Um, it's almost like designed for filmmaking, right? Because it's giving you, it's basically giving you a scene. Um, and it's very, it's very similar um, to like a storyboard structure. Yeah, it's um, visual, you know? It's visual, yeah, exactly. Um, which I think is interesting. So... I think we covered that. So how do you imagine the process of adapting a literary novel to film different than adapting a graphic novel to film? I think you might have just touched on this, but... Yeah, so to me, that's a really good question. I think you'd start with, like, the aesthetic. Or if you're going to adapt a graphic novel, you kind of start with the aesthetic. What does the world look like? Because you have all that, right? And if you are a fan of Ghost in the Shell, like, chances are you like this... It's not quite dystopian world. It's kind of like a Blade Runner world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. uh, Neo-Japan, yeah. um, bright lights, like dark streets, a lot of blue hues and like purple hues. Very colorful on the exterior, but when you get down deep into the streets, it's, it's very dark. Darkness, yeah. There you go. So I think if you're going to start adapting a graphic novel, you kind of look for the aesthetic of the world and then like sort of build into that mm-hmm. whereas if you were to adapt a novel you would i think to for me like start with the character what's the character's motivations and you kind of have this world built but it's you can almost like build a new world because mm-hmm. the most important part of a novel is the main character that you spend like 400 pages with mm-hmm. that you learn very intimately their wants needs desires motivations so that's like the most important piece that you want to extrapolate to the movie version mm-hmm. whereas a graphic novel it's like 
you're given this world, like take that world and then repopulate it. Mm-hmm. Like you, and you have great characters, but like repopulate it with secondarily your character. Right. Mm-hmm. Give your character some character development. Or that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. You're going to adapt. Right. To the show. <laughs> so you could give them character development. You could develop them as characters. But did they? Yeah. We'll get into that. Maybe you don't want to. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's your movie, Rupert Sanders. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems like when I was reading this, it, there's obviously a main character. I mean, it's called Ghost in the Shell. It's about this girl. It's about this woman. But I feel like a lot of the other characters around her get a lot of, quote-unquote, screen time from the graphic novel. And they get sort of backstories. And they get you get their wants, needs, desires. Um as well, and it's obviously like a, almost a 400-page graphic novel, so you have to fill those pages with something. Yeah, I didn't really get the feeling in the film that they did they did that basically at all. Um, I don't know what were your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this after we watched the movie. Like, we felt that Scarlett Johansson's character was the only character who really had something to like sink her teeth into. Mm-hmm. Like, she says at one point that she wants to feel connected to something. And that is great because that gives her kind of a purpose in the story. Mm-hmm. And in the movie version of this, like, graphic novel, she's trying to find, like, her place in society. She's trying to find, like, something to grasp onto. So she's mm-hmm. really looking for her identity. Mm-hmm. Um, in the graphic novel, though, it's less clear what she really wants. Like, they seem to be... So I guess to, like, get into the plot a little bit, mm-hmm. they are an anti-terrorism squad in, like, future Japan. I think 2029, it's yeah. set. Mm-hmm. And the book was written, like you said, in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of this imagined future Japan. I think it's called Newport City that it's mm-hmm. set. Yep. Um, and they just kind of, it's very serialized. Like, yeah. they go around and solve, like, plots. Yeah, and they're often very political plots. There isn't really... You don't get any backstory, really, at the very beginning. You're just kind of, like, dropped into this world and, like, this is how it is. Yeah, it was from very... From the get-go. It was very alienating. Yeah. Like, because we had the same, I think, thought when we first started reading. It was like, what in the... Like, yeah. F is going on here? You can swear. This is an explicit okay. podcast. Do you want to say it? No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. <laughs> okay, save it for later. But yeah, so... Fuck! <laughs> there you go. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'll forgive you. Anyways, moving on. But I did get the sense that these characters kind of had their own path. They, they, they knew exactly what they were doing in the graphic novel. And then the film, you get more of an intimate level of Scarlet or the, the character Scarlett Johansson plays, but with major, just major, but she's, there's just background noise, right? Aramaki is just her boss basically, but you don't really get that feel. Uh, oh, like the, the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and it was a big stark difference, but I guess if you're selling a hundred million dollar budget movie, you gotta put Scarlett Johansson in almost every single frame. Yeah. So, well, so before we get off graphic novels, I wanted mm-hmm. to reply to what you just said. So, yeah, they like each of her like the tertiary members of Section Nine, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the terrorism squad, mm-hmm. all have like their thing, and right. that's like subbed in for character development. It's like, oh, Bateau or Batu, mm-hmm. you have like weird vision now. Mm-hmm. You like lost your eyes, and now you're gonna have these like cool. Like, like night vision, night vision, slash, X-ray vision, yeah. like zoom lens focus shit. Like, yeah, like you're gonna get that. And then like, there's another guy who we meet early on who just has like surgery on his liver, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, I got a, like a fake liver, so, so I, can, I can drink more." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, that's this guy's thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy got a fake liver, so you can drink more." Yeah, and then you have guys like, uh, who's the guy from The Dark Knight? What's 
his name. Which character was he? I'm trying to think of his name. Um, Who was he in the uh, Dark Knight? Tagusa. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. That, that guy is, he's like big in the graphic novel. He's, he's pretty badass. He's like a rookie-ish yeah. kind of guy, right? Uh-huh. In the, the movie, he's just like, he's, he's just nothing. there. He had one cool scene where he, I think he took down like a couple like operatives from, from the other side. But yeah. I don't. It doesn't make him special though. Like yeah. everybody in that unit is like frying yeah. cats. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not like actual cats. Not, not cats, but you know, cats. There is a dog in the movie. Yeah, there was one dog. A little beagle. Or there were a couple of dogs. There were a couple of dogs. Yeah. They're all. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah, keep going. But so, yeah, so I just want to say that. Like they all have their thing, but they kind of replace that thing for like character development. Mm-hmm. They're not really developing the characters. They're just giving them like, oh, you're the alcoholic guy. Right, right. Cool. Sweet. Um, no But so, before we got off graphic novels, mm-hmm. Like these are and comic books are kind of huge in today's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get your thoughts on why you think that is, because I know you're not the biggest fan of comic book adaptations, mm-hmm. but we churn them out like butter. Yeah, you know? there's several each year. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it's it's based. The work has basically already been done for you. the The information, the story has been storyboarded for you. These, this is what you film. Right, if you're following like specifically the gra- or the comic book or graphic novel, um, and they obviously have such huge fan bases that there's money to be made, and they obviously found that out with Spider-Man in their was it their late '90s or early 2000s, mid 2000s, I don't know. It must, I think it must have been 2002, something like that. Yeah, and they found out, oh, there's like money to be made here, um, and even with like Batman in the past and stuff, but yeah, it's I don't I don't really know other than that. People in the 50s and 60s, and even continuing throughout today, that they love comic books. You know, it's 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 an easier read than digging through a book. Um, it's un- often more fun, and it's animate is animated. You know, who doesn't like a story without pictures? You know, yeah. why do movies dominate uh, mediums today for stories? Because it's pictures. It's easy. You know. Wow. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with exactly. Like, I totally agree with what you're saying. I would also add. I think that to make one of these movies is expensive. Mm-hmm. So your upfront investment costs just from like the studio perspective is so big. Um, and that's kind of cool, you know, like we're going to do this movie, right. You know, it's like expensive. It's going to cost $110 million. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of explosions, a lot of CGI mm-hmm. and people are like, fuck yeah, I want to watch that. So mm-hmm. like your initial investment oftentimes like is well funded mm-hmm. by like, you know, you and me being mm-hmm. like, oh, let's go watch yeah, Doctor op- Strange. But yeah. like, there are certain cases like Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell <laughs> where people just don't feel like the same about it. Yeah. And I, I bet you it's it was funded for $110 million. I bet you that's a relatively like on the lower end for nowadays for graphic novel adaptations or comic book adaptation films. Now, obviously, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a little different. Yeah. Like, they have so much money. They just The risk out. is a little less when you're talking, like, 150 for a Marvel movie. This is, I think, DreamWorks, which is not known for doing... Yeah, Paramount. Paramount, right. Yeah. Which is not known for doing I, I don't know... This is a good question, though. I don't know how much, like, Paramount funded and how much was funded by a couple of the Japanese companies mm-hmm. that, like, are on the, like, co-financiers, yeah. co-producers, whatever. But this graphic novel had a huge fan base already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the Asian countries since like the mid nineties based off the anime film that was filmed. Yeah. 95 by, I can't remember what his name is. I'll come back to it later, but 
Yeah, but they so they already had a fan base, right? And it's it's largely um, in the Asian markets. But they thought, well, maybe if we throw in Sir Al Johansson, we can get like a domestic fan base going too. Okay, but so that's that's a separate topic. I see where I know. you're going here. Let's go there. You want to go there? Okay, yeah, let's start. So we wanted to talk about the whitewashing debacle debate. As two, excuse me, Ferdinand Slip. White men, like this, two white. This, well, like, bears noting, like we're two white guys in our mid twenties. Well, you're, you're don't classify late, me late 20s. as well, late 20s. don't classify me. <laughs> yes, we're both white males, um, and we're you know kind of fascinated by this whitewashing debate and where it stems from. Does it hold uh, ground? What are, the, what are the reasons for it? Why are people so upset about it? Et cetera, et cetera. So. This film is it is it whitewashed? Okay, so let me hear. Let me give you an easier question: Is the is the main character whitewashed? So there's no. I don't think there's like a yes and no answer to that question. Okay, and here's why: So is the main character whitewashed? Like the main character is white, mm-hmm. and the main character in the anime and in the graphic novel is Asian. Mm-hmm. But like to me, there's no reason that like the shell couldn't have been any race. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. like, let's, let's like go down the road and say like, they just made a white shell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that's fine. But if you're going to do that in the adaptation, in the movie, like let's hang a lantern on that. Let's say like you're white, you used to be Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like let's discuss that in the context of the movie. Cause that's like potentially a big storyline, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you, live in this culture as like a white person mm. whatever like yeah that's fine mm-hmm. but i don't think that's that's not why they do it right like right. there's no mention of her whiteness um there's none of that and mm-hmm. so really like what it is is they just wanted scarlett johansson to be in a movie that cost 110 million dollars to make because they were like oh scarlett johansson is gonna sell tickets right um mm-hmm. and to me like the real problem is not scarlett johansson as like person but it's the idea of, I don't want to, like, call out the studios. I don't know, like, who did this. But, like, mm-hmm. it's the idea that you couldn't cast an Asian person as this role and expect, like, the same financial performance. Right. Right. And that's, like, the kind of the root of the problem, right? It's not about staying true to the – it's not about staying totally true to the source material. It's about making your profit making your money back. Yeah. Because being, being white in this world would be interesting. Yeah, it would it be. Could if be you could, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like, if you delved into those topics about maybe she, you know, w- received some forms of like racism or whatever from from that community or whatever. Like, yeah, who knows? It doesn't matter what it is. But they didn't delve into that topic and for reasons later, for reasons that we'll get into later, we think like the relationship between her and her mother was kind of stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's if you had made this film. Now, Lucy Liu is not. She's Asian, but she's Asian American, but she's not nearly what she used to be. Like, if this film was made like, 10, in terms 15 of level years of ago, fame. level of fame. So, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, you probably could have made this film with Ghost in the, or Lucy Liu as Ghost in the Shell. But nowadays, who do you have like that you can sell in an American market? There's no real like like Asian, Asian out actress, right? Yeah, or maybe you have. But the, but is that like a is that a knock on like Asian actresses or is it a knock on like you're not casting Asian actresses so you're never like you're never gonna make 
and like a famous Asian actress unless right. you put them in shit. Mm-hmm. Right, know? exactly. So it's kind of like a catch twenty two. Like mm-hmm. if you're not casting them, and then you're blaming not having right a famous one exactly to cast. Yeah, because they don't they don't care about developing talent. They care about making the money. Right. Yeah. They don't care about making stars. They care about getting their their cast is checked. But I mean, it's interesting. So it's it's too bad too because this film had some really cool moments. I think the style of the film was awesome. And I thought they could have, um, if the, if the film had been a lot better story wise and they connected the dots in a lot of different places, it could have been really cool. Um, and if they had, um, hired an Asian actress to play this role and they gave him whatever, half the money, 55 million or whatever, it could have, it might've been a little better cause they wouldn't have been worried about Scarlett Johansson. Would have been worried about would have been more worried about telling the story right. Do you think that people didn't watch this movie because it was Scarlett Johansson? People didn't watch it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are people out there that were too upset about the whitewashing to give it a chance. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably I don't know. If that's the only re- that's probably part of the reason why it didn't do very well in America. But I think the Asian audiences are going to see it no matter what. Um, like there are some quotes here. I have from Mamoru, excuse me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, Mamoru Oshii, the director of the original anime films. Um, and they were basically asked, like, what do they thought of the whitewashing? And the, you know, the hiring uh, Scarlett Johansson as the lead actress. And he says, quote, the major is a cyborg and her physical form is an entirely assumed one. The name Motoko uh, Kusanagi and her current body are not original name and body. So there is no basis for saying that an Asian actress must portray her. Even if her original body, presuming such a thing existed, were a Japanese one, that would still apply. I can only sense a political motive from the uh, people opposing it, and I believe that artistic expression must be free from politics. So it kind of speaks to your point that it shouldn't be bound. You know, if your artistic expression is hiring, casting Scarlett Johansson, then so be it. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing with art. Like, it can always be debated, but it can never be shut down. So did you see... Um, that they've reported that Paramount asked for screen tests to make Scarlett Johansson look more Asian. I did hear about this. Yeah. So that, like, that kind of counteracts his point. Right. Like, yeah, maybe Scarlett Johansson is the best person for the role, but then, like, if you're going to go and turn around and be like, how do we make Scarlett Johansson Asian? Mm -hmm. That is, like, that is (laughs) just, like, fucking death sentence. Right, right. So you you, know? it's funny because you're they're trying to think of it like how can we appeal to like the Asian people and kind of squash this beef as when it, the opposite occurs. Like yeah. this is making it worse. So I, there's a film that when I was reading about all this um, whitewashing stuff called Cloud Atlas um, which I don't know if you've seen or not. So they got a lot of slack for very similar things. Basically what you just said. So they have six or seven main characters right and they there are six different stories that occur in the film that are uh, occur throughout history from like 1800 to like throughout like uh, the future. Um, and each character appears in each story. Right. So as like a new be- new person, but they're all the same like soul, I guess is what the book is trying to portray uh, or the story. And so the same actor plays each character right throughout each different storyline. Um, and when they re- reached the Asian storyline, which was in the future, um, their makeup and their face was designed to look Asian. And they got a lot of, 
a lot, a lot of slack for it. And I think part criticism. of criticism, excuse yeah. me, yeah, for that because it's it can be portrayed or it can be thought of as racially insensitive to play the race of another person, um, which is a highly, highly you know debated subject. It's neither neither here nor there what I'm saying, but I'm just saying it's like a another example. Yeah, like you you saw this happen to Cloud Atlas, right? It was a big flop in the box office. You saw that happen. Don't do that, right? Yeah, and there's for sure like examples throughout Hollywood's history. Like the famous one is Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like a white guy plays like a really offensive stereotype, like stereotype of an Asian person. Mm. And then and you have like John Wayne plays Genghis Khan. Right. It was way more rampant, I think, mm-hmm. in the like sixties and seventies. Because um, people weren't, con- yeah, you know, people just weren't concerned about it. It wasn't it's like just a, so crazy that it wasn't this, thought like, of that this happens today. You know? Yeah. Like, we haven't progressed to the point where it's, like, we can't think of it fast enough until yeah. it's, like, somebody tells us to fuck off. Yeah. So, like, while I understand his point that, like, the shell could be whatever race, mm-hmm. like, give us, a like, a, a reason why the shell would be white. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Explain yeah. it a little bit. Give us some context. Yeah. Um, a problem with this movie, like, almost entirely is that there's no explanation for anything that happens, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. They're just, they're just scenes that occur without any real... Yeah. So do we want to... Yeah. Well, I want to mention this one quote okay. from this writer of the LA Times. Mark um, Bernardin commented, uh, quote, the only race Hollywood cares about is the box office race. Ooh. I think that speaks a lot to, yeah. you know, to this debate. Um, Shout out with Mark Bernardin. Bernardin of the LA Times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, I think we've kind of hit that, hit that subject. So going back to the film... I know we had talked about certain parts of the film that didn't, that kind of, for, at least for me, stood out because they just didn't really make sense. So <laughs> I'll just explain the first one, um, where she she finds out her identity. You want to let's do you want to give some like backstory on the plot? You go yeah go ahead do that. Okay, so essentially the story of Ghost in a Shell is, I guess there's Anka Robotics creates. Scarlett Johansson's like shell mm-hmm. um, and she's assigned to section nine, which is still in like an anti-terrorism squad and they go around. What are they trying to do? They're, they're like, they're, they're trying to stop like this one guy who's basically hacking. Is it Kuze? They're trying to stop Kuze. Trying to stop Kuze. Michael yeah. Pitt's character. Yeah. He's hacking into all these different like people's minds and stealing information and stuff like that. Yeah. So when they like go deeper into trying to find him, they realize <laughs> that he was and we're going to get into spoiler territory. Mm-hmm, spoiler alert. Uh, which is fine, because you're probably not going to watch this movie. But you should read the graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, graphic novel's great. Um, like, spoiler to which one we like better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he reveals that he was, like, the original... Or that he wasn't the original, but there are other, like, shells that they've made before. Scarlett Johansson shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like... He went wrong somehow, like, in the creation of his, like, person. Mm-hmm. is not cyborgness. Right, right. They, like, fucked up. Yeah. Um... And, so he rebelled. Yeah. But then he realized that he wasn't, like, they didn't save his life to make him. They stole the life that he had. Mm-hmm. So they killed him, basically. Or they killed his body, yeah. his real body. Stole his brain, put his brain into this ghost so that it could be basically be, like, a war machine. Like a, yeah. like a secret agent machine. Exactly. So they were, they were trying yeah. to create these, like, anti-terrorism units. Mm-hmm. And they found, I guess they were, like, Runaways, right? They're runaways. Yeah, that's and, another part where we're not really sure about. Yeah, so supposedly there are a bunch of runaway kids living in a 
like a random house. A shack. Shack, underneath I guess. a tree underneath a overpass. Mm-hmm. Good spot for, like, your runaways to go. Yeah. Um, and the government just comes in and basically starts shooting and killing everybody. Yeah. That's what the government does. <clears throat> yeah. So, basically, so, Scarlett Johansson doesn't know this. So, she's been given her these false memories of that her parents died while they were uh, on a boat. They were, the boat sunk and they drowned to death, but they saved her as they were traveling to this to the new country. Yeah. And that's what she's been led to believe her whole life. And then she meets Michael Pitt's character, Kuze. Um, he tells her the truth. And then she starts investigating it more and more and finds out more and more about it. And then she um, runs into Julia Pinoche's character and she gives her... She doesn't... She's assigned to kill her, but she doesn't because she loves her so much. She loves her creation, I guess. Dr. Ule. Her, Dr. Ule. Yeah. Um, and she gives her... her uh, I don't know. I guess her memories, a, right? Her memories is that what it was? Okay, I wasn't sure. She just like handed her like a Ziploc bag full of stuff, and I was like, "What is?" That? No, so she gave her. So she's supposed to inject her with like some red shit, mm-hmm. but she injects her with some like piss colored shit. Yeah, they were like it's nothing. And and she so and she gives her like a. It's like that iRobot thing. You ever watch iRobot? It's like the same scene. Okay. Anyways, just yeah, want to say that. I haven't. It's been years. Shout so. out Will Smith iRobot. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but she, so she gives her the like I don't know if it's a key or what it is mm-hmm. to the apartment complex. That her birth mother lives lived. or lived, yeah, okay. yeah. And so this is like a confusing part to me. So, a lot of this movie is confusing. Yeah. So anyway, she goes to she goes to this apartment, and this cat comes out, and the cat like immediately greets her, because um, obviously there is she a can cat. Tell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Shout out shout, to the cat. Shout out cats. <laughs> and so she's holding the cat, and then this Asian woman comes out, and they start talking, and. And the Asian woman just, like, randomly invites her in the, into the apartment to have tea with her. People can't be hospitable, Will? People can, but... Damn it, Will. <laughs> it just seemed very... Yeah. Unbelievable. It was very convenient. Very convenient. Right. They just said, like, three words and said, oh, would you like some tea? Like, this yeah, is a problem, sure. like, a recurring problem in the film. Is mm-hmm. that everything is convenient. Yeah, everything is a little too convenient. And then, you know, it's so funny, because when I was watching this, I was just like, this would never happen in real life. So she invites her in for tea... <laughs> And then she just, like, starts talking about her daughter. Like, yeah. okay, like, we get it. Like, Scarlett's the daughter. Like, you know, obviously we already knew that, but yeah. it was just like, okay. Well, like, this just happens her, a little too quickly. It comes to, like, the room of, the, of like, the, the child who's gone. Right. And it's no longer there. There's, like, things over it. And like, she's like, yeah, my kid ran away, oh, I guess, like, a year ago. <laughs> and so her parents like, hmm, my memories start a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... Wait, oh. let me connect the dots here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seemed a little unbelievable. It's like, that cat doesn't like anybody except for except my for daughter you. and you. <laughs> Way to go, director. Shout out Rupert Sanders. Rupert Sanders. Yeah. So a lot of things in this movie are just too convenient. Like mm-hmm. there's... And it... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, when we talk about like her mom, when she finds... like sh- She needs to find the shack that keeps recurring in her like memory bank. Mm-hmm somehow like fragments of it and so she knows she needs to find it and then she like walks out of the apartment building and then like walks into the shack yeah. and it's like oh there like, it is here we go yeah good thing here we go i'm here <laughs> how lucky is that um, what are the chances yeah so like like how does she know how to get there and then there's this stuff with Aramaki, the kind of like the one of the <laughs> cool parts of the film mm-hmm. where he's being tracked by i guess like honka robotics agents mm-hmm. and they try to kill him and he do just, they kill like, him Oh, of course not. Why not, though? Because he's a fox. Don't send a rabbit to kill a fox. 
Yeah. So it's like this senile old guy is like going to his car like real slow, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of agents roll up and start like firing on him, and then he like pops out. And he's like, actually, my briefcase is only like just a bulletproof shit with <laughs> yeah. nothing in it. What's up? Yeah. And then he just like pops yeah. him. Pop pop. Yeah. Yeah. It was. There were great scenes in it. Like that was a great scene. Um, there were other like great fight scenes and action scenes in it. The action is really cool. Yeah. If you like action. Yeah. If you like action. It's a it's a decent film for yeah. If you want to there's go this, see there's it, the famous the scene from the anime, the '95 anime in the water in the water that they replicate here. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't watch the anime version. Um, it's it's on the Ringer article. Shout out to Ringer. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so what did uh what did we think? I mean, obviously, we I think the audience can, the listeners can know what we, which well, one did we like better? As an adaptation, it was like. It wasn't it didn't really follow a story. It was a totally different story. Yeah, they, they had the main juicy parts. It's like it wasn't it wasn't unfaithful because it like took a lot of the stuff. It took the I mean it took the world. And mm-hmm. I said we said at the beginning like if you're adapting a graphic novel like take the world right. So it, it did take the world and they kind of like redid it with their own characters in their own way mm-hmm. and like the you know the whitewashing part of it where mm-hmm. they gave her like oh actually you were like a Japanese kid who was abducted and we stole your brain and now you're white so yeah your life's gonna be better i guess yeah right um (laughs) yeah but it didn't didn't really follow the intricacies of the graphic novel story the graphic novel story was much more politically uh oh yeah i wouldn't say motivated but like there were a lot of more political paradigm shifts within the story um and then the the ending where she became uh Connected with the network, I think it was different as well, yeah, right? The puppeteer. Yeah, the puppeteer. So in the novel, she like merges with the puppeteer. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Like and that would have been like a super being. Kind yeah, kind of like I don't know if you've read Neuromancer, but it's like similar to that idea. Shout out William Gibson. Shout out William Gibson. Um, yeah, these yeah steampunk. I mean, it's a steampunk graphic novel, right? Yeah, cyberpunk. Excuse me. How are we doing on time? We're at thirty six, thirty seven. Okay. So, so let's let's. I want to get into like the grand finale of this. Mm-hmm. So this book is like so hypersexualized, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm there's trying to, nudity. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, the, the, why people like this book so much. But well, look at the like breasts on It's the... like, there are breasts on the cover. There are enormous and breasts. Like, every single woman in this story is, like, drawn in a way that's super, like, exaggerated. Hyper- hypersexual. Yeah. They're yeah. all, like, hot and, like, available. Yeah, you know, and they're like the robots. Way. They're not even like yeah, they're all robots yeah. too. Yeah, and all the men are like old and fat and, and they're, bald. Yeah, and they're like, and some of them were, were literally just for sex. Yeah, for the politicians. Yeah, so I mean, that's a totally different debate. But like, that's that's been a problem. That's been a I mean, problem issue. It's been a recurring theme within all science fiction since like, like since women it was as sex objects. Yes, yeah, because it's like the white male, right? Is usually the protagonist. And he's trying to save the, the gorgeous female who's being abducted by aliens or whatever it is. So they are always because they're trying to sell this to who? What's the what's the major market for? It's like young kids, right? Young, or, yeah, yeah, like young, like teenage boys, right? right? Yeah. You don't really know that many. I mean, I don't know that many teenage girls that read comic books. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. But the majority of the market is um, young boys. So what appeals to young boys? Big boobs. Cover. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know. So I like that's just, like call yeah. that out just because it's like no, it's it's really kind of egregious when you read it. You're just like, what? Yeah. It, no. And it's and it's and it's kind of gross and it's a little like shallow and 
yeah. stuff like that. You don't, and you don't really realize that till you get older and stuff. But as your kid, you're just like, oh, I'll eat this up all day. This, this is, great. is great. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, and it's it's kind of that way in the film too. Scarlett Johansson has a skin tight suit, and you see her like ass crack like multiple times in the film. Yeah. I don't know if it's you know it's obviously not her actual ass crack and stuff, but you. It's form. It's like a very form fitting like. Almost too form Nude fitting. color. Like it wouldn't even. It would be worse than right. like yoga pants. Right. Yeah. Super tight and it like reveals like certain. But she's the of only woman in the movie, right? Other than her mom. There's no. I think there was like maybe one of like in the very beginning when you said the liver guy. I think there was one woman in, in the, that scene. But yeah, but okay. really, and there's like the the. Oh, Juliet's. Juliet Binoche. The doctor or whatever. And then there's the, like, the geisha women. Oh, the ge- yeah, yeah. The robots. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of crazy. That was a cool scene when they when she broke into the... The opening scene was great. Yeah. That was really weird. It was like a spider robot. Yeah. When he was trying to extract <laughs> the data information from him. Anyways. But yeah, so... Yeah, I that, just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a good talking point because it's... I mean, it's very... It's hypersexualized and it's... You know, there's a lot of... You can imagine that if you're like a mother, right, you wouldn't necessarily want your son to read this. Maybe, maybe nowadays, maybe not. Maybe don't people care enough? But it is I mature, feel like there though. are. It's, it's rated eighteen plus. Yeah, that's true. That's or true. It's rated mature. It doesn't say. Yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson was sexualized in the film, but I don't think she was as hypersexualized as like some of the characters in. Yeah, for sure. Novel. For sure. They toned it down a little bit. So, so they, they shout they out Robert Sue Sanders for. They were like. <laughs> Let's turn this down. Yeah. Uh, Culture appropriation. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Turn yeah. up that whitewash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, so would you like better graphic novel film? Graphic novel. What? I thought you. I thought you were on the film the whole time. You... Really? No, no. Okay, I'm on the graphic novel too. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So right. We tie. We tie. One. One. I think we're one. both right. I think I'm right. I don't think we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's up next? We. Talked about Watchmen, V for Vendetta, and the special episode. So we will do Watchmen next. That should be next month's episode, or maybe we'll do it at the end of April. Do you know um, that movie is like four and a half hours long? No. What? Yeah. I know the a graphic novel is like four hundred pages. Yeah, the movie is like insanely long. No, it's not. I think I saw that in theaters. Did you were you there for four and a half hours? <laughs> well, if, maybe, <laughs> maybe I left early. I don't know. I left after the second act because I thought it was the end. Oh, 163 minutes. Where did I see four and a half hours? I don't know. Don't Never, listen just, to Eric, just, everyone. Just end this podcast. <laughs> so if you want to check us out, check us out on our WordPress blog, littolens.blog.wordpress.com. Check us out on Twitter um, and Instagram, same handle, at littolens, L-I-T-T-O-L-E-N-S. Um, Eric, would you like to shout out anyone special in your life? I'd like to shout out Shia LaBeouf for the nastiness he's went through with 4chan in the past couple months. It's been terrible. Uh, hang in there, Shia. What they've been doing to him. We're thinking about you. His flag should fly higher than any other flag in America. Preach. Preach. Anyways, shout out, shout out, buff. We'll uh, see you guys tomorrow.